Hey folks, uh, welcome again to uh, another podcast learning from sales compensation leaders. So Uncapped Insider is a podcast series dedicated to revealing the insights of seasoned professionals in sales compensation. Here we feature leaders with extensive experience in sales compensation, tracing their career journeys with the aim to gather invaluable advice for those who are in early stages of their career. Throughout our episodes, we'll investigate the strategies revelations and priceless experiences generously shared by these experts all with the ultimate goal of propelling your self compensation career to uncharted heights i'm your host siva the co-founder and ceo of everstage and i'm thrilled to have you join us on this enlightening journey super excited to have leo today uh, as part of our uncapped insider po- podcast welcome leo uh, leo has about 20 years of experience in sales compensation and currently is the head of incentive design and governance at Modi's Analytics uh but before we start you know leo how did you get into sales competition i'm sure you know this is not something that you studied back in undergrad so uh how did all of this happen how did the career in incentive uh, design and sales competition happen for you yes yeah, you well i it's it's an interesting story i uh yeah you're right i did not study any of that i did not grow up thinking i that's what i would do um but i um, the reason, the way I got into sales comp um, is like many people. I was in college. I wanted a job, and there was an opening for sales comp analysts. And actually, there were opening for about forty or so sales comp analysts at the time, um, because the company I, I was applying for was expanding their operations and creating a center of excellence. So I think I was very lucky. I was very fortunate that they had 40 openings because if it was maybe one or two, I just had absolutely no experience with sales comp. So um, yeah, that they they uh, gave me the opportunity. I had some some of the skills I think that could be built and uh, enhanced in order to make uh, to make a good sales comp analyst. But that's how I joined, right? But the, the thing interesting to me is after I joined when I started to understand what sales comp really was, because I, I really had no idea. Um, and I, I thought it was a simple, easy type of thing. And we all know it's not, it's so complex, but it's also so broad. And there are so many disciplines within sales comp. And that's the opportunity I got to see. I told you we were about 40 or so people just in that wave that, that were hired. Not everyone is doing the same thing, right? It was to support a very big sales comp team and operation. So I started seeing all the the, the, the nice and cool things, at least to me, around sales comp. Uh, so that's how I got started. But it opened, uh, I think I, I got started in one t- through a tiny door and it just opened so many other doors after that. Fantastic. Um, and this was uh, back in IBM, as I understand, right, Leo? Yes, this was in I- at IBM. Um, Several years ago, um, which of course uh, you know it's, a, it's just an enormous uh, company and has a very powerful and strong sales force uh, in the thousands, um, where uh, sales comp is such a major part of, of of how we work with with our sales force and how uh, the company thinks about strategy and and just being effective and efficient. I, I would say uh, it's IBM probably has one of the premier um set of comp, uh, set of comp programs um that i've seen um so it was, a, it was a very interesting opportunity for me to just be able to 
be a part of that and 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 learn and grow and have so many different experiences. I like to say so many different jobs within sales comp over the years mm-hmm. um, because of the the size of the organization. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I see that you know you you were there for about eleven years, um, and you obviously started off as one of those potentially forty folks, and then rose your way up uh, in your career. So. If you were to rewind back, uh, obviously, you know, you join into this massive organization, um, you know, into a role which you've not played before. You're trying to figure out things. How, how did you start to put, um, you know, uh, the entire piece together? And how did you start to figure out, hey, uh, you know, this is what I need to do to be able to, you know, get better at what I'm doing, be able to showcase value to the company and thereby, you know, rise up my career. So what were the things that you did uh, back in those early days as a sales comp professional? I love that question. Uh, I, you know, as you mentioned, right, 40 or so people within an already existing organization of many, many, many more people. Right. Right. So I think about the, the skills that most of those people had somewhat resembled. Uh, they're kind of similar, right? And, and I, you know, if and even to this day, right? If I'm hiring for a sales compromise, I'm going to look for certain things. Um, so a lot of those people had excellent analytical skills. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them came from you know great uh, universities or or had just this a tremendous amount of education, education, even overwhelmed. I, I was overwhelmed when I lo- looked at my peers. I was like, wow, these, these people are great. And, and they were, they truly were. But the, the thing is that if you just do the things that everybody else is doing or know how to do, you're just one more within that group of 40 or 200 or 500 or however many uh, you're working with. So I, I, from from the beginning, I try to leverage my experiences in other areas and things I had done in, in the past. And I had been involved in, in family business, a uh, little bit of sales, customer service. And those are all things that I could see that sometimes we, we, we might lack uh, as sales comp practitioners because we tend to focus too much on the analytics uh, and not so much on the people. So my approach was to to try and bring that. So effective communication, um, being responsive, showing good attitude. Uh, you know, anybody can do, you know, the, the math, the basic math that we needed to, to do at the time. Um, but there's, a, I think there's power in how you interact with others. So, so my approach and my really advice is, yeah, don't, don't ignore the, those, those important skills for, for a sales comp role. But think about, think beyond that. What what can you show that's unique about yourself? How you deal with people? How you think about the business as a whole, and not just about what you're being asked to do or or being directed to do. And I try to use that approach. Now, what I would say it's it's not a overnight thing. You know, just because one day I'm being super responsive and you know, uh, just uh, building good relationships that, that I'm going to have a great career just because of that. It's that that's not it, right? There, there's, there's the other piece. And it's something you have to build over time. Um, but I think just, you know, it's not it's it's not doing the same that everybody else is doing, but try to show what, what you bring to the table, what's unique about you 
that you can that you, they, you can add. Um, and I think that that makes a ton of difference when you think about a sales comp career. Yeah, love that, love that. Uh, and so you you really what you say what you're saying here is you know obviously analytics is important, but you know you need to go beyond. Uh, just the uh, you know analytics and the data, and you know really look at why we're doing what we're doing from a business standpoint, from a team standpoint, from a people standpoint. Um, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, actually, just fantastic to know uh, for uh, you know our entire audience. So uh, again, double clicking on um, you know your your rise up the career uh, in sales compensation. So at the end of the day. You know, one of the things that a lot of early uh, fo- uh, folks early in their uh, career in sales comp feel is they get stuck up in a lot of the transactional stuff. Uh, they want to, you know, go and do some of these things, understand the business model, uh, you know, speak to other functions, but they rarely get the time, uh, or at least that's that's one of the feedbacks that we get in some of these uh, uh, companies, right? So anything that you did, uh, to make sure, uh, you know, while you had all of those uh, regular day-to-day things to take care of, how did you manage to create time to be able to step up uh, and understand the business context and speak to other functions, et cetera? Yeah. You know, I I think I, I, I learned a lot uh, and made a ton of mistakes around that too. So I was, I was just like anybody else beginning but i i did try and see the bigger picture of things right so one of the i think there were some tactical approaches that i learned early on uh, actually i have a funny story i remember one of the first emails i i sent as a comp analyst back in the day where uh i had a a, a manual of sorts with the the sales comp processes and I had some a sales manager asking some some question. Of course, I don't remember what the question was. And I just looked at that manual and essentially provided an answer based on what the manual said. And it, it, that was for sure in my first week in the job. And, and I got an email, a response back from the manager in capital letters, super big, saying something like, this is how we will work together. And then he listed all the ways of why my response was a bad response, <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? Just it, kind of telling me, "Hey, look, if we, if you want, you, you and I are going to work together. This is how we have to communicate." And I was a little bit in shock, right? I, just, I thought I'd give the right answer, but the the truth is, it was, it was the, the the way, the communication, the approach. So that's why I say try mm-hmm. on error, right? I did a lot of wrong things and many mistakes mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, but what I learned um, in order to, how, how do you build that? How do you make time for those things, right? It, it, that, that's part of it, right? Is the communication, is how to prioritize, how to um, make sure what you're doing both tackles the immediate need that's that, that you have, but also thinks longer and, and bigger picture. So another thing I learned, right, is um, with... I, you know, when you're a big organization, you don't know who's who and, and who get how to get things done. Who do you work with? So I, I, you know, was spending a lot of time just figuring things out. How do I even do this? Where do I go to to find this out? Um, so after I kind of got a little bit of a grasp around that, I one of the things I quickly learned is there are some key folks in any organization 
or any or some key tasks that must be prioritized no matter what, right? So instead of I always try to blend my own timeline and my own work with the business priorities, right? And there's you, you can't you can't ever just focus on the business and not think about yourself. You're just gonna go crazy. But you can't just think about what you want to do and ignore the business needs either, right? That's a recipe for failure. So you have to find that balance. So the way I found that balance was to quickly try to identify what are the key tasks and key people that I need to stay close to and make sure those are always the priority. And sometimes that means that I will have to personally do something you know, not not at the time that I wanted to do it. Maybe it's a little, a little bit later. Maybe I'll have to re, re, reschedule things or move things around to figure it out. But let me identify what are the key pieces. And that's, again, it's not something you, on day one, you will know. But I think you can, you have to pay attention to those things. And, and one of the mistakes we see some people do is, again, focus on the process, which is my mistake with that first email, right? Just what is the process? I'll do what the manual says I should do. I think that's a mistake. It's fine. I mean, yeah, you learn uh, from your experiences, but I would I would recommend and 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 say that uh, you know think bigger, um, look beyond that, think about the people, think about the uh, the business. The more you understand the business, the better sales comp analyst you'll be, and the better you'll be able to manage time, find time, make sure you un- you understand who who is who and who who do you go to to get things done and where things sit in any organization, um, you have to put in that effort to, to learn it and, and think beyond the process is what I would say. Yep, think beyond the process. That's uh, awesome advice uh, for sure, Leo. Um, so now that, you know, after, you know, several years of uh, practicing um, and, you know, now being a leader in this space, um, you know, one of the things that we are noticing at least, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, you know, there's obviously, uh, you know, a bunch of sales compensation leaders. There's uh, a ton of analysts in sales comp. But, you know, what we're seeing is this, what we call a missing middle, right? Not too many folks um, at the manager level, you know, who are able to rise up. And one of the things that in our recent survey that we did, uh, we understood was, um, you know, a good 50% of the, you know, uh, sales compensation professionals are kind of dissatisfied with their career prospects. Um, what is your view on this and, uh, you know, why do you think this is happening and, you know, what, what should we do to kind of make the profession really attractive to more professionals? That I think it's a stressful job. Let's just put it that, right? There's no, we can't hide that fact. It is, it can be very stressful. And, and the reasons obviously is just the significance and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the end result of the work that sales comp is doing affects people directly but it's also so it's very tied to the individuals but it's also very tied to the company strategy so the pressure i think comes from both sides it's it's you know it could be people you know uh, uh complaining or trying to make sure that they're getting paid correctly which is obviously needs to be done right and on the other hand you have this um pressure from the from the top of you know uh, sales comp is such a big thing. It's it's there's a lot of money that we spend on it. Are we getting the right results? Um, are we you know are we tying that to our strategy? Is it making sense? 
they kind of get pressure from from the both sides. And as um, I think the more senior you get, you start feeling a little bit more of that because you're closer to the uh, to some of those decision makers. Um, but that, I think from day one, there there is all it's always a stressful and there, there's always pressure. Um, however, I also think it's um, it's it's a very rewarding job, right? And, and it can be a very lucrative job as well. It's a specialization. You learn something that nobody else knows how to do. Uh, and it's not one thing. There's so much that you can even specialize on if that's what you want to do. But it takes a certain type of behavior or attitude uh, to, to handle it, where you can balance the pressure, uh, acknowledge the, the, the opportunities, uh, and, and go for it. Um, you mentioned the lack of, or perhaps not, not so many people like in, in the like middle managers. I think um, that, yeah, I, I think as I look back and think of all the, the, the companies I've worked for, organizations that I've interacted with, I think that's true, right? It's not, of course, there, there are exceptions to that. And especially in very, very large corporations, I think you have a, a lot more of the middle management layer. Um, but typically, yeah, in many organizations, you know, you're either uh, you know, an, an entry-level comp analyst uh, just learning how to answer emails like I was back in the day, <laughs> or you're leading the team, right? And that's it. And 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 then, and, and where do you go from there, right? So I, I think my answer to that is this. I would say don't see yourself as a sales compensation only um, partner to the organization you, you work for. See yourself as a as someone who is there to add value and is, a, is an advisor, is a business advisor, really. You're advising on, on sales comp, but you're, at, you're, you're looking at the strategy, you're looking at the go-to-market, um, you're looking at how we deploy our teams, you're looking at how we think about quotas and targets, you're looking at all those things, even if it's not what your day job really is. Um, but look, look at the, look at, at the company, right? Look at that, uh, that you're there to add value to the business, not to the sales comp program. It's beyond that. So again, back to that kind of principle of thinking beyond the process, because if you get stuck to being reactive and just, you know, doing what, you know, that needs to be done, it will be a thankless job, right? You do your job, you're, you're kill yourself and work hard. And if you do it well, that's it. Okay, no thank yous. Uh, if you mess up, it's it's complicated. So add value by going beyond, and that that should, uh, in my view, uh, help with with that. Now, there's a lot of things that companies can can do as well. I think another thing I would say is you have to build trust, right? I tend to talk a lot about that. I really, I'm really passionate about that that concept of of creating trust. And also partnership. I love the word partnership, right? Because you, a partnership to me represents a back and forth, represents driving towards a common goal. And you should, sales comp um, professionals should think of them as themselves as, as partners to the business. It's not built overnight. But when we think about overcoming those challenges that we just outlined, I think when you build the trust, you're able to have the conversations and you, you, I don't think you, you feel the, the pressure as much because you're solving problems that come to you, but you're also directing 
and adding value to the business for, with things that no one's asking you to fix, but you are partnering with the business to try and, and steer them in a better direction. I feel like very empowered when I am able to do that rather than just be the, the person that has to solve or respond to all the sales comp increase. I'm the one uh, sitting at the table and talking uh, about our business overall and how we can help, but what are the other things that need to be done? I can, I can, there were countless times where I was approached with a business problem and the solution that they were looking for was a sales comp solution. And the solution was not a sales comp solution. Right? But we had to have the conversation. We had to 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 go through that and have that partnership and that trust built. And then we identify together what there's another side. And I'm totally fine with that. Actually, I don't want to solve a non-sales comp problem with the sales comp answer. Right? That's not going to work. But a lot of a lot of a lot of times it'll happen. And I think that adds to the stress. So build that trust. Uh will help you um be a sales comp professional that goes beyond sales comp. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think I, I loved how you said, uh, yeah, you know, the importance of going beyond because uh, at the end of the day, sales compensation is uh, such an important layer. It's basically connecting uh, top line with the activities and behaviors that you want your salespeople to exhibit. Uh, and sales comp program is the tie towards that, right? To be able to generate the revenue goals of the company. and but at the end of the day, not everything could just be, you know, change the plan or change the program or change the metric, right? It, it could go beyond. Uh, and a lot of that context at the end of the day could be coming in from uh, a, the sales comp team because they're uh, closest to the problem. They understand what's happening. Um, you know, the data tells you, you know, what's working, what's not working. And sometimes, uh, as you rightly said, it could be a sales comp problem. It may not be a sales comp problem, but just that uh, specific context could really come from the sales comp team as long as they have their eyes and ears open and they're open to looking beyond the process and uh, beyond just the sales compensation team. Yeah, and I think, you know what, thinking about the, 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 in the same vein, um, the attitude that you exhibit as a sales comp mm -hmm. professional is in most cases, it's more important than, than actually being right all the time or not have all the answers in the moment, but that that attitude of, of, of working together, partnering together, being collaborative, uh, those are all, some people would take soft skills. Uh, I think it's where you add the value. Again, anybody, well, maybe not anybody, but a lot of people can, can work with, with systems and tools and, and you know, do calculations. The human element is important. Fantastic. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Leo, also was, uh, you know, uh, I believe in between you kind of did your, uh, you know, you took a break, or you in parallel did your B school as well, like you did a, your MBA. Uh, in yeah, that's right. Uh, so, like, what would you say? How did that help you? You know, either accelerate your career. Uh, in sales compensation, or for that matter, you know, add to the skills that you already had. Um, so, what's your take on it? Yeah, amazing, amazing experience. Uh, I would, uh, in a day and age where I think MBA programs get a lot of heat still uh, about is it really worth it? Uh, 
I think that answer depends, right? And, and, and that's the NBA answer to a lot of things, but right? it depends. <laughs> Let's look at it. But, but for me personally, um, made a huge difference. And, and again, uh, don't want to sound too repetitive, but the reason it made sense is it just broadened my vision of, of business in general. So I didn't learn when I, when I, when I got my MBA, I did not really learn, you know, specific things around who here's how to do a discount of cash flow analysis. I mean, I learned it, but I, I kind of knew a little bit about it. I just went a little bit deeper. I could have learned it in other ways, right? That's not what I went there for. Right. And I, and I, I'm, I can assure you, I forgot, a, you know, probably 90% of the stuff that I was doing hands-on when I was there, but the concepts of the discussions, the ability to reason through business problems, that's where I think the value was. So bringing that back to sales comp, I didn't talk about sales comp. One, there was, there was no, no, absolutely no class or lecture or anything about sales comp ever in my MBA program, right? We never talked about it, but I was always tying it back to sales comp. Right. So we talked about strategy. That's, you know, that's super relevant to sales. We talk about, I had some, some classic marketing and sales. And, and of course I was always understanding how sales works better and how the sales comp, you know, how, how would it work within that context? Um, um, human resources and all the, the, the organizational behavior type of, of, of material that you get from an MBA is super, super relevant. Um, I took some other, uh, uh, you know, uh, had some opportunities to learn uh, about other other things. I did field projects working directly with companies where I was always thinking, well, this is how you deal with people. This is how business decisions are made. And at the end of the day, sales comp is a business decision as well, right? You may be talking about it in an MBA program about different business decisions, but the way you reason and think about it and tie that into the larger context of business, that's super powerful. Um, now I can't can't uh, forget the interaction with my peers. That was also mm-hmm. something that invaluable. I did not go to the MBA thinking about that as much. I didn't think that would be one of the highlights. But just the the, the ability to be in, in in a classroom setting or a group project and just talking to so many smart and 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 hardworking people, I just learned so much from them as much as I learned from books and and professors. I learned from my peers. So, so that's all things you can, you bring back, right? So I would, in, in my, in my uh, career journey, I definitely recommend some sort of, of, it doesn't have to be an MBA specific, but in, in, any, any sort of um, continuous education where you get a chance to not only learn the material, but interact and, and look at real business problems and have those conversations and see the, the bigger picture of business. Fantastic, Leo. Uh, I think that's great advice. Um, so now in your role as head of incentive design, uh, what are the things that you are seeing as like the latest trends, uh, or best practices in order to, uh, drive the right incentive design in a company? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. I think it's, uh, there's so much uh, that we can, we can talk about that. Um, I, I would separate that into two pieces, right? There's always the, every year when we think about sales comp, mm-hmm. I think there's like a, a couple of themes around around it that people are talking about, a little bit of a blurb. Like for example, now I'm I'm what I'm hearing a lot is, you know, how do we, you know, we're focusing on 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 
being more profitable and margin compression, how does sales comp mm -hmm. fit into a world where it's not only about growth, but profitable growth. I'm hearing a lot of that, right? And I think, uh, you know, a lot of companies and business are, are, are going through that and not all, but a, a lot are. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I would say it's, it's a trend. It's something I'm listening to right now, but it's not something that's perennial. It's not going to be there forever, right? Mm -hmm. There will be other times, like cycles will, will come and there'll be other conversations. We're talking about AI, of course, uh, in every setting, not only sales, everything. And I think it's, of course, here to stay and game changer. But there's so much, so much still to go around that, right? Um, I think to me, there are some, so this one piece is like, what's going on right now? And, and I'd say those are probably the things that I'm thinking about the most for right now. Um, but there are things that I'm thinking about constantly. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think I would highlight uh, seller experience, right? How do we, especially to, in, in a world where, you know, you're just used to doing everything online and everything's easy and you can do it yourself. How do we bring that when we think about sales comp, uh, how do we build that seller experience where salespeople aren't, aren't having to go through all these hoops to try and get some answers or solve any challenges or problems they have? How do we create channels to communicate and have a back and forth that's seamless and easy for everybody? How do we enhance that, right? Uh, customers are asking for that from every business. That is how they want to buy a seamless experience. Mm. So I think that's that that makes sense in turn, and, and it, it has always made sense. It's not a new thing. We're always thinking about that, mm. but we have to keep evolving. It does, it's not not enough to just do something better and stop and think. Okay, we've we've improved a process, so that's it. It has to be continuous uh, improvement. Another thing that I that I it's always on my mind is um, uh, measuring effectiveness uh, of of sales comp programs. Right? I mean, everybody talks about it. It's very hard to do, and a lot of times we as sales comp practitioners practitioners do it very at a very high level, either because of lack of resources uh, or you know, lack of time, which is resource as well, or or just lack of the will to pursue a different way of looking at things and just doing the work, mm -hmm. right? So so um, sometimes when we talk about this, and you typically don't get great answers about that, right? So I was like, well, we kind of look at how much we spent, we compared it to the year, the previous year, and then we went back to the previous program because it seemed like the work was working better. There's not a lot of science a lot of times around it. And I think there's so much that can be done there. So that's definitely one area of focus. And lastly, I would say, the uh, communication, right? Communication is so, so important in, in sales comp. Um, I think, you know, you could have a great annual cycle where you handle, and I'm talking about, you know, end-to-end -end, uh, sales comp here, handle inquiries, get your quotas um, on time, get your comp plans, the, 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 the whole design cycle, territories, everything. And if the delivery of that isn't, isn't good, you just, you, you probably missed 50% of the value of everything you did just because you had poor, poor, poor delivery. So I, I think that's another, another to me personally, um, a big one is, is communication. Uh, make sure uh, people understand their comp plans and, and 
it's not enough to ask if they understand. Everybody says they understand when you explain something because, you know, some people don't want to seem like they, they didn't get it. But do they, re yeah. do they really understand what you, you want them to be able to? And you, and you might not be able mm -hmm. to do that in one session where you just talk through your new comp plan to the sales rep. Mm -hmm. You may have to, to have follow-up sessions on that. But make sure you are open, that there's a channel that they can reach out. Right. So that's that's how I view like the, to me, those are some some things that are always there. You can't you can't live it. So we're talking about, you know, uh, um, AI and other things right now. Um, two, three years around, we're going to be talking about different things. Probably AI still, but other things in addition to that. <laughs> um, but those core core things can't they have to be always uh, topics of discussion. That's awesome. Um, and Leo, so. Uh... You know, obviously, you've been uh, in this for the last 20 years. How do you keep yourself updated with the latest trends? You know, what's happening uh, in the sales comp world? Any any particular resources that you go and look at uh, and read yeah. or just, just to keep yourself up, up to date? I think you have to. I think that's a must. You have to have continuous learning. I think one of the challenges is you have to learn how to, how to learn or how to enjoy learning. Um, mm. and I try to do that. Right. And, and, and it, yes, the, the way it, for me, I like to, to do a certain things. I like to, I'll say this, I've read all the, all the major books about sales comp, right? Uh, sometimes I go back to them. Um, but I, I've read, I've read them, right. And I've studied them to some mm. extent, but it's not enough. Right. I, uh, like to listen to material that's put out there, podcasts like, like this one and others. Um, I like to read about business in general. So beyond sales comp, like I'm, and I'm coming back mm -hmm. to this, but I think it's so, so relevant beyond sales comp. Mm -hmm. Um, I love even, even beyond business sometimes, um, mm -hmm. might make sense. Get, get some, some understanding about how the world works and you'll know how to do mm -hmm. sales comp better. Right. I, I, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, conferences, um, and, and and I like to put out, so for a long time in my career, I was a consumer of these things, right? I was, I was reading the books, mm -hmm. listening to to the podcast, even though there weren't that many uh, some years ago, mm -hmm. um, you know, watching out what maybe management consultant firms were putting out. I was a consumer of that. And that served me very well. But I think because sales comp is such a unique thing and we have so, we as mm -hmm. as sales comp professionals have so much that we can add value i think the next step there is 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 providing value is adding value is creating not not only consuming so that's my next journey so i'm i'm trying to be more of a uh someone who creates and and, and adds value uh than simply a, a consumer because i'm learning through that as well but i'm also being able to share and and hopefully um you know, helping other people share as well. Uh, one of the mm -hmm. things uh, I would say that I love participating is uh, forums where we have, you know, several uh, sales comp professionals together and we can talk about issues and just things in general that are related. I learned so much from that and I'm always trying to contribute uh, as well. Those are very productive conversations. So that's another thing I, I would say I do is to try to be involved in this community uh, and participating in, in, in some of those discussions and having the the back and forth. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's really good to hear, Leo. Because uh, you know, one of the things that we recently launched uh, was a sales comp community uh, called Uncapped. Uh, it's u n c a p p d dot com, and essentially the idea was that uh, you know, because there's so many different things happening, uh, different industries have different problems on sales compensation. So when you have different people from all of these different backgrounds and sales comp come together and share and give and learn i think the overall thing is givers get more right you you get back going with a lot more learning that you that you didn't even know uh, that you wanted to actually understand and give and i think that's the best form of learning uh, like going back to even your b school days you know the learning that you got uh, the from your peers was as much as how much you learned from books so uh, that's really good to hear that advice from you yeah and, and i would say you know you have to be you have to be willing to learn right there's uh information is not gonna it, it won't get into your head and stick if you're not open and within looking for it right because we are bombarded by so much information all the time some interesting some important most of it just irrelevant and just a waste of time frankly um and but how do what do you retain right is it what you're looking for i think um so you have to you have to be proactive there, right? I'd say, yeah, just just don't sit on the sidelines, like the books, like the sales comp books. I I would say yes, for any sales profession, especially the ones just getting started, make sure you read them, get the theory in, learn different perspectives, but don't stop there, right? That's not enough. Just, if you just do that and and go back to work, you won't remember those things, and you, you're going to continue doing the things the way it always has been done. Um, so, so expand your mind, right? Look, look for, for it and you'll find it. That's awesome, Leo. Um, on that note, you know, any specific books that you would recommend, uh, that are your favorite or newsletters that you'd recommend? Yeah. So every time I think about sales comp, uh, books that may help sales comp professionals, mm -hmm. I always, invariably I go, I say, well, read all the sales comp books, the main ones. Um, mm -hmm. but that's not the ones that you typically recommend. I would say that's like a prerequisite. Do it. Mm. it. It'll be worth it. But when I recommend a book, I usually recommend something that's not sales comp related. Um, again, because it helps you expand and see the bigger picture. Uh, yeah. It's hard to, to pinpoint a specific book that I, like a favorite book. But I have I, I have one that I that I think is it's very relevant to 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 sales comp uh, discussion which is a book actually about trust, right? We touched on it earlier, mm. how, you know, you can be the, you know, the best systems, analytical, can be the Excel whiz, whatever it is that your company uses <laughs> to manage sales comp. Mm. Um, but if you don't build that trust, it's, you, you just, you know, you're just doing something that anybody else could learn to do and just do it as well, or even, better than, than you what's a differentiator so I, th I think trust makes a ton of difference because you are, you will have as a sales comp professional tough conversations sometimes mm -hmm. what we will do is people are not going to like it uh it, we will do the right thing right that's the aim but it's it, in a lot of instances it's not what people want to hear that's just the nature of the of the of the, of the job so learn how to build the trust and so the book i would recommend for that to me is the 
probably the main book about that, at least the one that I got most value from. It's called The Speed of Trust, right? And the whole premise of the book is when you build trust, you have speed. Because mm. think about it, right? If we trust one another and you, and you ask me for something and I provide it to you, you will take it and, and go with it because we've built that trust. When back in my earlier days, I was just getting started, there was no trust. So, so if I said anything or gave any response, probably what I would hear back is, are you sure? Let's look at it again. Can you confirm? Right? So we didn't have the speed. Uh, and, and once you have a, and I'm thinking more broadly here about a, an in, a sales incentive, sales comp program that's built on trust, you can move and enhance and create new things, go different routes, experiment a lot faster. And because you've built that trust. So, so that's the book I would recommend. The Speed of, Speed of Trust, the author is Stephen M. R. Covey. It's, just, it's a masterpiece on, on building trust. Fantastic. No, absolutely. I think uh, there's lots of great nuggets that you shared. Uh, Speed of Trust uh, and you know how trust helps you in your uh, profession, how uh, you should go beyond sales comp, uh, understand the business context, beyond the process, uh, build relationships and know what's happening across teams. So I think all of those were great advices. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you know our audience was uh, you know really have really gotten a lot from this conversation. So uh, one final thing before you let we let you go, where can our audience connect with you and learn more about your work? So right now the best place to to connect with me is LinkedIn. Just go to LinkedIn. My my um, LinkedIn name is Leo. Rock, R-O-C, L-E-O-R-O-C, super easy to find, or just look for Leo Rocha. Um, uh, you probably find me there. Um, I post some content on LinkedIn. I share, sometimes I share my thoughts and what's going on. Um, yeah, and I, I would I would be, I'd love to connect with anybody that's interested in learning more about a sales comp and a sales comp career. That's awesome, Leo. Fantastic. Thank you so much for again for joining us today and sharing your insights. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the Uncapped Insider podcast. Thanks for having me on. Well, that brings us to the end of this insightful episode of Uncapped Insider. Big thanks to Leo for sharing his experiences and valuable insights. I really enjoyed this conversation. So remember to check out Uncapped, your exclusive community for sales compensation professionals, brought you by Everstage. I'm your host, Sava, signing off.